Lights to go green here in Hungary. A look at the gantry in front. Lights are currently red. And we are underway, racing Klostiantin Romanenko on the inside. You can see behind the Mercedes of Dario Barzaghi, the horsepower ridiculous as he looks to the inside on the run and down towards turn one. But will he be able to find anything as Marcello Bonacorsi, having a look down the inside of Mattia Vaca, gets the job done as well. And now we can challenge the McLaren of Klostiantin Romanenko down in towards turn two. He's looking for the outside, but the Bentley is going to throw his car down the inside of Bonacorsi and move back up into P2. And now it's Alessio Cataneo who might be looking to join into the fun as well. Tries to find the switchback on the exit of turn three, but it's unable to do so. Kosciantin Romanenko leads from Mattia Baca. Well, we're in, well into double digits now as this is time for episode 11 of Commentator's Corner. I'm your host, Alex Goldschmidt, and along to my immediate right-hand side, a very, very good friend who I've known for a couple of years now. We've worked together many a time. It's good old milky cereal, Mr. Yusuf Bin Sahal. Yusuf, good to see you, buddy. Um, things are busy for both of us at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. You're making me feel very special. The first person to take us in into double digits. So uh, I'll I'll do my best to sound as professional <laughs> as possible. Yeah, for those that don't know, Yusuf does uh, casting on a lot of stuff, not just sim racing as well. I think uh, League of Legends, I think you do a bit of uh, LOL um any any sort of do you do any counter-strike at all i mean there's a lot of people that do quite a multitude of casting when it comes to not just sim racing but also esports so i've branched out i've done a little bit here and there but never gone too far into any other esports i've done a bit of fifa counter-strike mm -hmm. rocket league um overwatch as well um a couple of times but yeah, League of Legends and their motor racing are the only two that I've kind of really stuck with. Mm. Well, firstly, the first thing I have to ask you, how did you get bitten by the motorsport bug? Because for those that do know, Yusuf does also take part in Club 100, uh, which is an arrive and drive championship powered by Rotax uh, on a regular basis. Um, how did you get bitten by the motorsport bug, Yusuf? So my dad used to race competitively back in... 1994 in the Rover GTI Championship, back when that was a support series for oh. the British Touring Car Championship. Oh, I do remember um, that, yes. So the good old days, back when <laughs> back when you'd have, I think it was like Alfa Romeo and stuff used to be in the BTCC. But anyway, my dad was all into racing. So when I was growing up, my dad used to have this, we, we still have it actually, an old Microsoft Sidewinder wheel. Um, with the Toka 2 racing games, a force feedback wheel and all of that. So my dad used to put me on a high chair and I used to play the, um, I used to play Toka 2 back then. And we also had um, an old game called Grand Prix 2 by Jeff Hammond or Jeff Crammond. Um, yep. And yeah, those were the two that kind of brought me into racing. And then when I was about five, my dad got, got us a couple of grass carts. So we used to just whip around in those because we live in the countryside. So there's just lots of space. So that's kind of where I first got into a car and where I first started doing crazy things in four wheels. And you've really uh, nailed, because uh, there's normally a, a follow-on question, which is who is the big influence, of course, your dad being that uh, as well. And, and of course, lovely to see a, a lovely, uh, a good old oh, yes. McLaren behind uh, Yusuf there. And the racing helmet is of one Ayrton Senna de Silva, three-time Formula One world champion. Uh, no longer with us uh, after the uh, 
tragedy at, at uh, San Marino that year yeah. in May of 1994. What was the first race that you ended up seeing trackside from memory that you can remember? So I'm going to disappoint you here, Alex. I've not been to many races. I can count the number of races I've been to on one hand. Mm-hmm. So I've been to Donington, Snetterton, Silverstone, all of them. Oh, and Brandsatch. And I've been to all of them one time. The first one I remember was Brands Hatch, where I can't remember what was being raced. I was probably about eight. And um, I, I always remember it because I went there with my auntie and afterwards, I think it was in 2006, because we went to the Brands Hatch store and they had a whole bunch of racing suits there. And because I just started getting into karting, I didn't really have a racing suit at the time. So my auntie was like, oh, would you like one of these racing suits? And um, I went in and they had Kimi Kimi Raikkonen's McLaren suit. They had Fernando Alonso's Renault suit and Michael Schumacher's Ferrari suit. And I will not forget the disappointment of my dad when I returned holding a Ferrari suit because my dad absolutely despises Ferrari. So... Yeah, that's how I've got my that's how I got my first ever suit, and it was at Brands Hatch Karting Circuit. You see, families can be split apart with something like that between a father and son bond, where you think he's going to come out with something like say Kimi Raikkonen, and then all of a sudden the yeah. scarlet red of Scuderia Ferrari rears itself forward. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's great when one of the benefits of this this series which is not going to go we're not going to have seasons we're just having episodes there's no point in doing season one season two because it get it sounds like a, either a bit like star trek discovery or star trek picard you know like say episode episode three season two what no we're we're, we're, not, we're we're not here to do that um but i mean that you know of course, for those that don't already know, if you don't follow Yusuf on social media, he is actually, you are actually part Italian from your mother's side of the family, Correct. and which is very, which is very much um, the case of when you said about the fact that you disappointed your dad. But I'm sure that your mum was happy about that decision, wasn't she? <laughs> um, my mum's never really been massively into racing. We've always had some weird family di- dynamics. I remember the... Um, <laughs> the 2006 world cup finals being one of those oh. um because my dad quite liked Zidane I think at the time he's never been a big football fan but he wanted France to win mainly just to annoy my mum um <laughs> and as we all know Italy went on to win that and then there have been other things and kind of like within the year of me getting that Ferrari so I ended up shifting over to my dad's side and then my dad I, I still remember like going to karting race and be like I don't want to wear the Ferrari suit and my dad was like no you've got to wear it now it's your fault and I was like my, my punishment um so as to speak <laughs> so yeah no we've had we've had some fun family dynamics with the whole like, Italy rivalries that have been oh, going on my goodness <laughs> 2010 when they lost when they only drew to New oh, Zealand yes. was one of the good ones Oh yes, uh, I remember that one. That was uh, that was a bit of a belter. That was from, if memory serves me correctly. I think it was um, a one-one. Yes, it was a draw, and it was a belter. Um, 
Next question for you, Yusuf. How did you get involved in commentary and who helped you get involved? So this is a really fun story. So for those people who don't know, uh, I used to study chemistry at the University of York. So while I was at uni, I discovered University Radio York, which was like the radio station established by the university from, I think actually in the 1800s, it's the oldest university radio station of any university in the country. So I joined that and I started doing a bit of presenting at the time for some different shows. I had one show which was called Random Manta, which was just like, we just do like lots of different games with different friends that would bring on to show. And another one was a Formula One talk show where we'd go over practice, qualifying in the race and just do a kind of rundown and then look ahead to, mm-hmm. to the next week. And at the time, I always kind of, I thought, you know, I really enjoy this. I want to try to push this further and try to, you know, host like Sky Sports F1 and yeah. or do it for Channel 4, that kind of stuff. Um, and then in my second year of uni, which was the year that I joined URY, uh, my friend said, who was part of the the futsal, the futsal club, as I was, which is just indoor five-a-side football. Yeah, with a very um, small... It's, it, futsal is effectively a uh, reduced-size Brazilian abbreviation of football, yes. for those not in the know. Better than five-a-side indoor football that we get in this yes, country, I completely, in my opinion. I completely concur with that, because I have played futsal, and it was actually rather enjoyable. Yes. Um, so he essentially came up to me and said, look, we, the, the main team that's playing in the Super League, they have a game coming up. Would you like to commentate on it and, you know, host the show because you're doing stuff with URY so you can yeah. jump on. So I did that. Um, every now and then I go back on the, you know, uh, I go back to the York Futsal Club page and I find that video and I listen back to it and it is atrociously bad. I would just <laughs> like to clarify that it is so bad. But it's my first ever time doing it and I really enjoyed it. And then I did it a couple more times after that. And I gradually got a little bit better, especially as I started learning the players' names a bit more, kind of worked out what I was doing. Because yeah, I think, as is the case for every esports commentator, whether that's on League of Legends, whether that's on sim racing, nobody ever really tells them how to do things. So you figure it out yourself. And then somewhere down the line, people will tell you, oh, you should do this, this, and this. And then you have to decide for yourself if that makes sense and if that's something that works for you or whether you've just been doing it wrong and that is objectively the better method. So I did some commentary with them, hosted their show a few times. And then after uni, I just thought, oh, you know what? I I like the commentary more than the presenting. I want to do more commentary. And then I found a small little league on F1 called Online Racing League. ORL for short. Mm. Um, so I joined them. I did their first ever production on YouTube um, and it grew and it got really big. And then I think it became the first league to break a thousand views on YouTube, um, which all happened the season after I left because um, my PC that I had was a really bad PC and it couldn't stream at a stable level. So sadly, I had to leave because um, every broadcast just had issues after issues. Oh, no. Which is, um, yeah, was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, Right. The next bit is funny things. And normally I go to social media. Oh, no. What have you found? No, no, no. What have you found? Um, Right. They're actually quite recent as well. Okay. Uh, when and the first one is actually quite a good one with someone with a microphone in their hand. And this was three days ago at the time of recording okay. this, which was 
there was meant to be a picture and it's got you with your high vis on you're at daytona milton keynes because you were not on the vcs english broadcast because you're at daytona milton keynes for the final round of the super champs but then the best one came along a little bit earlier on in july i'm going to ask you to cast your mind back to the 20th of july say uh, if you aren't going to drive in style if you aren't going to drive be a passenger in style in before the comments of ankle socks supremacy and there is Yusuf with his left foot out of the window positioned nicely against the near side wing mirror on said car that he was a passenger in um social media does really bring out the funny side of us all doesn't it yeah um I just remember being in the car when that happened and I just thought, I just remembered flashbacks of every time I go to Italy um, or Sardinia to be specific, because that's where my mom's side of the family is from. Yeah. And you drive down their roads. Um, or Also, if you ever drive in Sardinia, one of the funniest thing you'll see is people not knowing how to drive on a dual carriageway road. They'll drive in <laughs> yes. the middle yes. of two lanes and you're just there thinking, why are you driving in the middle of two lanes? This makes no sense whatsoever. The roads there are terrible as well, like probably worse than UK roads, although it's getting kind of close in recent years. Um, yeah. So I just always remember people in, in Sardinia, all, all the ladies would be in the passenger seat, leaning back with a foot sticking out of the window or two feet sticking out the window. And I thought, you know what? I'm not driving for once. Let's see how it feels. So I decided to <laughs> stick my feet out, took a picture, and um yeah oh. decided to put that on twitter for a bit of clout yes and it's uh, and for those um if you do want to give uh my good friend yusuf a follow links for social media are in the description down below which will include facebook twitter and instagram of course um i i think like sometimes it's um i, I think another one that comes up to mind is say wow it's still so lovely and hot well uh, really glad I have this watermelon to enjoy and keep me cool in the sunshine. And there's just there's you grinning like the proverbial Cheshire cat from Alice in Wonderland. It just shows that we all have a sense of humour. Uh, and uh, I think, what was it? It was quite funny when we had a discussion about it and you said, yeah, I, I don't have to worry about sun cream. I'm, I, I, I've got this immunity to the ultraviolet rays, I think, was the discussion. The, the, the way that the discussion went, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm I'm very bad in that. I'm, I'm someone who won't learn until I get bitten. And <laughs> I've, I don't know, just th throughout growing up, I've always been like when I was younger, I was always outside um, and I've never had any issues with getting sunburnt or anything like that. So I've just always kind of looked at sun cream and just thought, eh, don't need it. One day I'll get sunburnt or something similar will happen and then I'll always use sun cream. But until then, I am sun cream free. Yeah, props to you, mate. Props to you, mate, on that one. Uh, right, next topic of discussion. Um, Favourite, not driver, but drivers. Are there a particular, like, two, maybe three drivers that you would consider, rather than sort of, like, saying who is your all-time favourite? Because, like, the minute you say that, people already have a predetermined response. Like, three favourite drivers that stick out to you. You can take your time over this one. Yeah, I'm not so going to rush you on that. You know, you brought, for some reason, this is collect an old memory for me. So mm -hmm. um, there have always been a, like a whole sort of drivers. But so 
weirdly enough, I grew up and I used to watch loads of old Chinese films, like the old Bruce Lee films, Jet Li, Jackie Chan films. That yes. I grew up on those yes. martial art films. Mm-hmm. So like I did. I've always had a big bias, and this even goes to watching like the World Cup and stuff. I will always support the Asian teams. I will always support Japan and China in the World Cup. Or I always used to anyway. Now I support a variety of teams just because it's fun. Okay. So in motorsport, I always liked the Chinese and Japanese drivers. And back when I started watching motorsport, so this would have been in 2006, I think was the first year I started yep. kind of watching as like a six-year-old or how old was I at the time? Seven. There was one driver back when British Superbikes actually got broadcasted on UK television on one of the free channels, I think BBC uh, or maybe Channel 4. There was a very talented young lad called Ryuchi Kionari. Oh, um, I remember that name. Yeah. Kionari-san, yes. So and I like I, what I like is this is the first guest on Commentator's Corner that has actually gone to two wheels as opposed to four. Yeah. So a- another double thumbs up from me there, Yusuf. So Ryuchi Kionari would probably be up there as one of like my favorite drivers, just because okay. he's one of the earliest drivers I remember that I actively supported. Um, Mark Marquez has to be up there because that guy was, in my opinion, the greatest guy to ever sit on a motorbike. Um, the the stuff he's done for the sport has been incredible. Yeah, and. Probably put in Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen, or maybe old Lewis Hamilton uh, back in you back know two thousand and yeah, back in the McLaren days when I started with, watching with, with the crew car, yeah, with the crew with cut. the crew car. Uh, yeah. And please to all Valentina Rossi and Lewis Hamilton fans, this is Yusuf's yes. personal choice. This is the question yeah. I've asked, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. Toxicity is something that is not welcome on social media in any way, shape, or form. Yes, and I have, uh, and both myself and Yusuf have at one point suffered by being uh, a direct recipient of toxicity. So, um, and that's not necessarily public on on public uh, parts of social media. Sometimes it's through d- direct messaging. Uh, so, um, please make sure just drive out this toxicity you folks out there because it's not healthy for anyone's mental state of mind. And that's all I'm saying about that. And I know by Yusuf's um, Yusuf's body language that he's of exactly the same opinion, but this is why this show exists to give people an understanding of the people behind the microphones where you normally hear them shout, scream, rant and rave about what's going on either out on circuit or if someone's doing a, uh, you know, whatever, Whatever happens when it's the spells in in, in leagues of League of Legends or whatever, you know, when they do a multi spell or whatever, you know, like they, I, I don't know the terminology yeah, yeah. use, but Let's you have a you team fight, yeah, exactly. You all get the gist. Um, I really like the fact that you've got on two wheels. You mentioned Kianari, Marquez, and also you mentioned both Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton in the same sentence. Yeah. Which is something that a lot of uh, a lot of people don't necessarily do, unless it's a finishing order of a recent Grand Prix. I thank you on that one. Um, have you ever been starstruck when you act, if you've actually ever met a professional racing driver? Now I'm going to ask that. I, I, I know that mm. this is a bit of a catch twenty two. It's a t- double edged sword, but 
it doesn't necessarily have to be a driver from the real life racing world. Um, it could be from the sim racing world or, 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 or someone within the racing community that you've sort of gone, oh my God, I can't really believe that that person is just standing over there from me. Has that ever happened to you? I'm trying to think if I've... I don't think so. Because um, I haven't been to any sim racing lands yet. Um, nor the case with any like League of Legend lands either. So I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's happened just yet. Um, okay. Can I yet, ref- can yet. I can I rephrase this question? Sure. Okay. Out of all the drivers that you have interviewed, predominantly in sim racing, who has been the standout and why? Oh, well, you know where I'm going with this one because there's a yeah. definite driver that I know in mind. <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm trying to remember his name now because it's that Finnish guy from Pauli oh, Ahonen, Pauli Ahonen from Valente. And um, the, the running gag um, was that it was Yusuf always ended up trying, he said, Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get a few more words out of him. And it happened twice in two successive races. You, you interviewed. Pauli, and then the running gag was that he's effectively GTR 24H's equivalent of Kimi Raikkonen. Yes, but I knew how to interview him. I'm I'm going yeah. to take credit on that. Um, oh, exactly. Oh, 100%. I feel like a lot of time people go into interviews with completely different personalities, and they just have the same line of questions that they want to ask when different people, I think, respond differently. Two different things. So I, I feel like with Pauli, if you are asking very short questions, you get to have a lot of questions with him where you get lots of quick curt answers, but you get to find out a lot about, about his race or about his driving. To go back to your previous question, actually, there is technically one person oh, okay. that I have met. So back when I was doing stuff with the online racing league, there was a driver called, um, oh my God, um, Danny Bereshny. Who was racing in the online racing? Oh, Danny Berezhny. Oh, my yes. goodness. Okay. So, what happened was he invited me to go to um, London for the um, F1 Esports, one, okay. one of the F- F1 Esports exhibition races. Okay. Um, I think it was a penultimate round of the championship. So, they did, I think they did Germany where Jana Watmir won. Mm-hmm. Um, then they had Monza. And then they had Spa, which was a really good race between Bereshne and Freddy Rasmussen. But anyway, when I got there, I met Danny Bereshne. Now, that was all fine because I'd already spoken to him. So I already pretty much knew the guy as well as some of the other one F1 yeah. esports drivers that were there. But what did actually catch me up was while I was standing there talking with Danny and a couple of the other guys from... Uh, it was Veloce and which team was he with at the time? It wasn't Williams. Um, Alf, I think it was Alfa Romeo. Um, Arava showed up and I was just like, wait, that's Arava. I used to watch like all of his videos. I haven't tuned into his stuff in a (laughs) while, but like, that's just Arava. So yeah, that, that would be one, I guess that that's probably the closest I've got to starstruck. Yeah. All right. No, 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 that's that's cool. Actually, that's, it's quite funny how I rephrase a question and then it gets your mind thinking. Yeah. Um, Right. Okay. Um, It's just a handful of questions left really. Um, Firstly, is there anyone in commentary that you look up to that you respect? Um, I wouldn't say the word, I'm not going to use the word idol because yeah. the word idol gets thrown around with reckless abandon. 
I mean, are, are there any particular commentators that stand out for you that you respect and you you admire from 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 their delivery, their cadence, their tone, how they approach certain situations? I mean, who for you stands out? So this is a weird one for me because okay. when it when I started going, so before I started commentating. Mm-hmm. I was just like everyone else in the sense of I was probably very similar to people like what are these commentators talking about and not understanding the different things that commentators have to go through and not really realizing you know who the commentators are what their style is all of that kind of stuff and then when I got into commentating I I have a very cocky outlook whenever I try to get good at something which is I look at the top guys and I see I look at them and I'm like I know you're way better than me but you guys are my rivals um and that's how i've approached that that's how i've approached every sport that i've you know pushed myself out you know even in academics so i'm trying to think of the casters that i've so one caster i'll i'll give him um so this is actually a csgo caster so it's not one that i've listened to a lot but he is uh, absolutely incredible uh, machine um uh, i forget his full name is alex machine something but he is. Didn't he? Yeah, didn't he actually? Because uh, didn't he used to be a CSGO player, didn't he? Ooh, I don't know if he was a CSGO player. Might it could have? It could very well have been. Um, Alex Richardson is the guy that you're talking about. Okay. Um, yeah, and he's a. He's a uh, yeah CSGO. Uh, um, for the, those wondering what it means, it's. Counter-Strike Global Offensive. That's the actual terminology. Um, yeah, and he's and he's a fellow Brit. Yes, very true. I'm trying to think outside of machine. Um, kind of thinking back to my childhood, I used to listen a lot when was it was it when James Allen was doing the commentary on um, ITV? Yes, he was. I think it was James Allen. Um, always yep. really liked listening to his commentary. And then kind of going into league again, it would probably be Mr. Aaron Medic Chamberlain, who was actually a medic and was in medical school. And then when they switch over to commentary. So um, his handle is medic when he casts. Yeah, no, uh, you know what? It's actually nice to hear about other parts of commentary that people don't always I think either get their heads around or there's a lot of blinkered vision, you know, a bit like a prize mm. racehorse with the blinkers like this. But th- th- this is why I created this show because it was more about a case of talking with good friends who are also fellow commentators, but also finding out things that you would not normally know, not normally associate with people. Uh, as I said earlier on, we've got um, two more bits of uh, things to talk about. Your favorite commentary moments, as in yours. Now, you, you, yeah. there's, there's, there's going to be a little bit of a limit on what you can say because you've got to think of three of them, and they've got to be the ones okay. that come into your head. So, machine straight up. He had, in my opinion, what is the greatest piece of commentary in all time over possibly any sport, which is it is it's the heroic. Um, oh my god, what is his name? Cadian 1v5 clutch. So um if if you want to find the show, essentially it starts off with Cadian is the last member left 
alive for the team called Heroic. And they are on around in CSGO. So the way CSGO works is it's a best of 30 or best of 31. And they've won 15 rounds so far. So if they win one more, they win the title. I think they're like 15-13 or 15-12, something like that. So Cadian is the only member left of the team. And there are five members remaining of the other team. So this happens fairly often in CSGO. And it's just like, yeah, you lose a round, you go on to the next round, and then you win. And the person who was casting with the machine just started joking like, um, oh, yeah, this is where Cadian, of course, wins and does a 1v5. And then machine goes in with that whole call and he says yeah, yeah of course like have you not heard the uh, he says oh the cadian 1v5 what he does is he walks up with a knife he sneaks up behind them he stabs the guy and then he's going to steal the orb and then that literally happens like exactly what he joked about happens <laughs> and then the whole tone of the commentary just changes as they kind of clock on from that one kill it's still a 1v4 but like Surely not. And then he gets two and then he gets three. And Machine has a really good way of commentating and it's, it's making my hair stand on end just thinking about it. So <laughs> I, I fully recommend anyone. I'm, I'm just going to Google this right now just to make sure this is the um, the call. Yeah, it's the Cadian 1v4 clutch. Uh, so it was a 1v4, <laughs> not a 1v5. Right. Um, a gambit against Heroic from the ESL Pro League. So... Anyway, it just picks up and then he makes a play. And it's just how he just manages the cadence change and he just brings his volume really down and it just goes super quiet, really soft. And you're just sitting there on your edge of the on the edge of your seat. So that is definitely one. Okay. The other one would be from the first ever football game that I actually watched from start to finish. Do you want to hazard a guess as to what that game was? Because it's one of the greatest games of football. This wouldn't happen to be a, an international game with Italy being a part of it, would it, by any chance? No. It was after that. I haven't got a Scooby. I mean, to be honest with you, I do watch football and well done to the Lionesses. Do, do you want a hint? Up. Do you want a hint? No, 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 no. Just tell me. Okay. Just straight out tell me. Manchester City, QPR, Aguero, final goal, 3-2. Oh, God. That goal. That goal. Yeah. If you, haven't, goal. If you don't know what we're talking about, Google it and look it up on YouTube. You'll know exactly. I, I, don't, I don't even know if it's possible for people not to know about this. It's just because for me, because I was a bit of a City fan, um, mm-hmm. like n- no one in my family or anyone liked Man City, but I kind of just started liking them from a few years back from watching Match of the Day. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, this is a title game or something. Let, let me watch it. And then seeing that happen was just like nuts. Um, and the third moment would be from um, League of Legends, which was when G2 beat um, SK Telecom. So to put it into context, SK Telecom are the GOAT team. They are your Michael Schumacher of League of Legends. They've got a player called Faker who is undisputed as like the greatest esport player of all time kind of thing. That's that's a caliber that this guy has. And G2 are a European team and Europe have always been bad in League of Legends internationally. They, they've never won. The only time they won was season one, which was before China and Korea started playing. After that, China and Korea just dominated 
or career specifically with um, SKT. Yeah. So 2019 was the year where G2 looked really good for Europe and they were the Europe's hopefuls. So they go up against SKT and they're beating them. And there's one moment where you see Faker and he's playing. And this guy is like, like Kimi Riker, like nothing. And you literally just see him shaking there as he plays. Cause he, he went for a play and he messed up and he died. And um, there's a color commentator called Vedias who just, as that happens, he's like, look at Faker. You can see him shaking. And it's just the hype that comes with that. And then G2 finding a way to win that game after it like goes back and forth for a bit. That was one of my favorite games of all time to watch. Brilliant. There's yeah. some really nice examples there as well. Final question. And with Ooh. this, there is a little bit of a twist because my guest answers the question first and then I give my response and it is motor motor racing and motor car related so yusuf your final question if you had a car you had a choice of car and circuit the car could either be a race car or a road car of your choice no budget what would you pick in terms of car and what circuit would you drive it around and give us a little bit of a reason behind it okay so straight up uh, i'm not taking a sports car i'm going for an actual race car um i'm not going for formula one or something i'm probably going to go for an open wheel car uh because i think that's more similar to like karting what i know so far and it's probably i feel like it'd be more fun i'd probably say a formula three car because i think if i go any higher than that it's not something that i could learn quickly enough so i think if i took a formula three or a formula four car uh i think formula three i could get used to relative at a pace um i think formula four i'd get used to relatively quickly um and what track would i take it around um hmm that's that's the tricky one of it you know what i would love to try out spa francochamps i've i've never been there and everyone always talks about how insane eau rouge is once you actually get to the circuit and I've always liked driving at Spa on on Sims, so yeah, I think I think it'd be it'd be Spa in a Formula Three or Formula Four car. Okay, I like that. So we're going to go the single seater route for the very first time on Commentators' Corners history. Really? Yes. No one else has have gone sports cars or something okay. else, which is pretty interesting. Okay. I'm going to go with a with a single seater in response to your choice. I'm going to go okay. with the current modern day FIA Formula Two car. Okay. So, which is the Mechachrome single turbo V6, pushing out the best part of 600 horsepower. Now we're talking fast tracks. So you said one fast track in the terms of Spa Francorchamps. I'm now going to go to a very sacred place known as the Temple of Speed. Autodromo Nazionale di Monza. Solid. Yeah. You see? So that really is it here on Commentators Corner for episode 11. Yusuf, thank you very much, buddy. Um, what's what's I, I know we, we've only got like a minute or so before I have to wrap things up on this uh, recording. Uh, thanks to Zoom, you bastards. Um, but uh, what's on the cards? What's coming up next for your good self? Um, ooh. 
more Daytona Milton Keynes commentary. Uh, been very lucky to get in touch with those guys. They're doing the circuit commentary there. Um, more Club 100 races. I'm doing lots of YouTube videos on those because I get my GoPro on the car and going to do like a championship bid next year. So might try to get myself some sponsorship and do a couple of seasons because you can do like lightweight sprint championships and you can do endurance as well. Um, and alongside that, some league casting i've been having a few guest appearances on the nlc so hopefully those go well and hopefully i get to do full-time nlc casting next year brilliant well there we go yusuf bin sahal our guest here on episode 11 of commentators corner thank you very much for everyone that's continued to like every episode so far if you haven't already feel free at your own pace to subscribe to my official youtube channel and don't forget you can follow yusuf on all the relevant social medias we'll see you for episode 12 coming soon here on Commentator's Corner. Until next time, stay safe. See you very soon. Goodbye.